So, hey, this podcast is recorded in a house with animals. That means that Sergey might show up and throw things off the desk behind me, eliciting swears. Uh, a kitten may climb up my leg, expecting to play or be pet, eliciting screaming and swears. And uh, so, yeah, interruptions happen. The other thing to mention at this point in time is that, uh, oh yeah, we swear. <laughs> um, not always at the animals, just, just in general. And so there's, there's that. Uh, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 166. 166 already. That's a lot. Yeah, I was going to say they they can't see you see you nodding. Are So how is the new Ali Brosh book? I wasn't reading that. I was fighting on the internet. It's six one half dozen the other. Nah. And it's I, good. If you didn't know the author of Hyperbole and a Half's new book finally came out. There is uh, a fair amount of some of the heavier stuff in the middle of it. Uh she dealt with a lot of crap over the last 7 years that is not necessarily cheerful reading, but it is, of course, hilarious. And that's that's one of the things that I really like about Ali Brosh is that uh, she's able to make the tragic hilarious and tragic at the same time. Yes. And uh, I, I admire that. It's sort of the way you can make uh, horrible, horrible things that should be like skin crawling, going into the corner, screaming, scary, uh, funny. <laughs> no, really, uh, for those of you who, who haven't read it yet, what are you waiting for? Um, it's okay if you don't read horror. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to talk about horror. I was going to talk about knackering Molly oh. in uh, Wizard's Guide to Defensive Baking with the skeleton horse following her around. Oh, that she rides the skeleton horse around, yeah. Yeah. Um, or the eat bad gingerbread. Okay, that's cute and funny. That's not horrifying. That's fucking horrifying compared to... Yeah, okay. Anyway, <clears throat> sourdough golems, people. Sourdough golems. Gingerbread golems. And the sourdough starter that, you know, would not die. And eats faces. <sighs> Spoilers. I think it... Yeah, no, I'm... I'm yeah. Anyway, so that's... Uh, uh, our friends Alistair and Marguerite have been reading it on their podcast. I'm going to link to that. And actually, I'm going to be talking with Alistair and Marguerite in October. Cool. So I have that interview already prepped. Uh, it'll come out just before Halloween uh, this week. Uh, thinking of swears, I'm talking to the host of Fuckboys of Literature. <laughs> <laughs> which is a podcast um, about classics and the fuckboys therein. It's a great conversation. We'll have that for you in a little bit. Uh, the other fun thing about that is uh, very soon I will be sitting down and be guesting on her podcast. And I'm really excited. We'll be talking about uh, the new Beowulf, which is absolutely brilliant. Bro. Bro. <laughs> and that everybody's like all upset about bro, but you start reading in. I'm, I'm going to save. I'm going to save the rest of it for. Yeah. Okay. For yeah, that. yeah. 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 Don't yeah. use the image. So, yes. um, 
Yeah, I've uh, been working. I mean, that's what I do, right? I work, I record, I occasionally play video games. Yeah. Like real video games. Uh, so there's... We, know, we got a that, lot done on, on your quest this we weekend. We did. We got a lot done this past weekend. So, you know, that was, that was good. I have installed a toilet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that we've actually been getting done, and uh, I noticed our approaches differ on, is dishes. Now, our dishwasher failed, basically. And we've got the parts coming. Uh, we're waiting to hear back on when they can schedule the installation of a new control panel and controller board, basically the brains of the damn thing. The you guy, should probably follow up on that if you haven't recently. Well, yeah, I'm, we're mostly waiting for parts to come in. Oh, um, if the parts aren't in yet. Yeah, that's the that's that's the big thing on figuring out that schedule. Uh, and dude was just like he walked in, he took one look at, it, he's like, "This is what's wrong." I'm like, "Okay." So you guys do that, right? He's like, "Yeah, it takes about forty five minutes, and most of that is getting to the." Getting to the spots. I'm like, right on. Send me an estimate. Order, and we'll order the parts and all that stuff. So, And they're quick. But as part of that, that means we have dirty dishes. Yes, so we are hand washing. Hand washing. Uh, and what I'll do is a couple times a day, I'll wander into the kitchen. I need a mental break from work or something. And here's a small task I can accomplish relatively quickly. It has a, a definite start, a definite end, and I'll just do what few dishes are in there. Where I noticed that when you did dishes last, it was a, all right, we're going to fill the sink with the soapy water. We're going to do move. We're going to do as many dishes in one fell swoop as we can. And if we can't finish them, we'll do it next time. Yeah. Again, though, still, it, it takes longer. It's a different approach but in the end it's the same sort of thing here's a definite start and a definite end you know the reason we're like that why is that because you notice dishes when there is a single dish i notice dishes when the sink is full and i'm like this is making kevin sad i will deal with it it's it's not just that i mean some of it is that uh, I will admit i had roommates who did not do dishes at all for a couple of years and it makes me a little neurotic. There's also some family stuff where none of us in my like generation, my sister, my cousin, none of us, we can't cook until we do the dishes. So if I'm making dinner, the first thing I have to do is the dishes so that I have a clean sink to put the like things in as I'm washing or uh, washing veg or peeling or, you know, I've used up a thing and now I don't want to, I don't want to add to a giant pile. I have to have that space available for use when I'm cooking. And my sister's the same way. And uh, my cousin's the same way. I don't remember if mom's the same way or not. I should but ask. somehow it got inculcated in you. In all of us. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a weird thing. So, and and that's that's one of my neuroses. I know that my I, I am pretty sure neither my sister nor my cousin have the thing about loading the dishwasher the right versus the wrong way. Your cousin definitely does not. 
the only other person I know, uh, there are two people I know who, who have that. Uh, one is KB Spangler, and the other is uh, uh, Tina. Yes. Uh, our birder friend Tina out west. Uh, Tina, if you're listening, hi, I'm right there with you. Uh, you're the only other person who doesn't need to have my dishwasher reloaded after loading it. The only thing to do is if you're loading the dishwasher and Kevin is home is to just start it immediately. Otherwise he will come along and, and, <laughs> uh, and like, and at that point there's just no point in loading it at all. So for the most part, I don't load it because it'll make him nuts. Maybe so, a little. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am happy to put the dishes away once they yes. is done. But uh, but loading is a a let the person who cares handle that, and that that you know that makes a lot of sense. I I have not had the uh, like I don't come back and reload the clean dishes in the dishwasher to make sure they're cleaner. Once they're clean, they're clean. Not a big deal. But if I come up and there are dirty dishes in the dishwasher and it isn't loaded properly to or fully or fully to my whatever twitch I have about it. I have to reload and rearrange the entire thing until it's right. You know, everyone has their quirks. They do. So, but that's the whole thing with, I'm going to stop. I'm, you know, wandering through the kitchen. Oh, look, there's five, six dishes that need to be done. I'll just do them real quick. It gives me a nice quick mental break. Yeah. You know, and just kind of like going out to feed the chickens. Uh, let's take whatever that big task I've been working on, I've been focusing on ten intently on and I'm stuck on. Let's walk away. Let's do something completely different that gets my that kind of clears my head, something that will take up all of my focus and hanging out with the chickens takes all my focus. Dishes should not take all of my focus, but it's really easy to just sort of get into this automated zone where you're not really thinking about anything, but soap and water and rinsing and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and then when I come back, yes, it takes a couple of minutes to get back to my focus, but I'm letting my brain relax. And I think that's the important thing. I'm letting my brain relax. We don't let our brains relax enough. A lot of people think of, well, I'm going to take a break from, I, I need to take a break from this thing that I'm working on. So I'll go check my personal email or I'll go look at Twitter or Facebook or whatever social media is. But that keeps your brain engaged and in gear. And sometimes you need to take that moment and just put it in neutral. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, I mean, Twitter is not a, has not been relaxing for quite some time. No. And, uh, and we, we were, we did good. You, you and I together did good. We, you expressed clearly a boundary that you needed more personal time to, to yes. chill out and, so you spent this weekend while you were on call waiting for things to come in, you uh, uh, you worked on Legos. I, I built the Fast and Furious Dom's uh, charger. Yes. And I had a light kit. Uh, I ordered and a light. even after you were off call, you, you kept going on it. For I, was, I, would, I had gotten three out of the four 
bags of stuff done and I couldn't just stop then because it was like three quarters done. And I just, at that point I was in the zone. I just wanted to finish. I think I stopped to eat and then I came back in and I finished it because I had to, I had to finish it. I had to see what it looked like with the, with the light kit in. I'll, I'll link to both in the show notes. The light kit is really cool. <laughs> and then I had to find someplace because it was a hell of a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. And so I needed to find a place to put it that the cat wouldn't destroy it. Indeed. Where did you put it? Uh, it is in the bottom shelf of one of the display cases that had space. If okay. I need to get my own display case. I know this. Well, we'll um, figure something out. We'll figure something out, yeah. And But once I have that, okay, great. Uh, I will continue to fill it with Legos. <laughs> Uh, the big, the big fancy sets. I'll admit, I um, I could fill it with little things of Legos, but man, there's just something satisfying about. I I, I understand now why people get so excited about. I mean, I sort of understood, but not in the same sense about why people would get excited about, you know, the two thousand piece Millennium Falcon, because until I decided to do the Mandal- Mandalorian. Uh, ship, it was all sort of all right. I built it. Now I'm going to take it apart and build it again because it was it was more that kid, yeah, yeah. kind of hindbrain thing, and um, it sort of scratches the same sort of itch when I used to assemble model airplanes and cars as a kid. Uh, because once it's done, you, you put it on display. You don't take it back apart. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, So, how's your productivity this week? What have you got done? Uh, I have made word count pretty much every day. You have? uh, Pretty reliably. And uh, that's about it. I make word count. Mm -hmm. Um, I go, uh, honestly, that's about all I do. I make word count and then... I dick around and read books and whatnot, and then in the evening, you and I watch reruns of the X-Files. And, yeah, we're almost through season two now. And play, and I uh, I have not actually been playing as much. Um, I have been uh, working on a thing that is not a serious comic, so nobody needs to ask me about it. Um, nope. And I have... 10 pages done of it, but that doesn't mean anyone needs to ask me about it. And it is just a thing which I retain the right to abandon at any time. So, And the, the fun, the thing I notice is, and we, we discussed this earlier this week, you're drawing more now. Somewhat. The thing is that I, I am at a point where I really love comics. I love the format and I was, I, there's an app on the iPad that I have called Comic Draw, and it is so blindingly good <laughs> at the things it is good at. And there's, it's one of those things where there's so many things that are almost perfect that the little bits that aren't make you absolutely bug nuts. <laughs> like, uh, I'm like, okay, you can do all of these. Like, it'll just do, like, you write the script and you uh and there's like a script window up top where you have just and you can import it you can you know copy and paste or whatever and you just basically tell it by writing at the beginning you know the uh who the speaker is basically you give them a handle 
And uh, like, so the narrator, you know, is N-A-R, say, uh, colon. And it's like, okay, you're writing, this needs a word balloon. You can assign the narrator a style of word balloon. And so, and then when you want to put the word balloon in, you just click the little icon next to the, the sentence in the script and pull it. A drag and drop it in, and it's like, here's a word balloon. Uh, tell me where you want the tail to go. You know, that's that's you write cap C A P, and it's like, oh, you want a caption? Okay, here's a box. Uh, you know that your 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 yeah. default caption is in. Um, you can have all sorts of presets. So like, uh, one of the creatures, you know, in the thing that isn't happening, uh, talks in green and sort of woobly and it's like okay green and woobly is a is a preset just click that whenever you want it and it's uh, you know panel layouts it's like you can lay out the panels yourself by hand in the usual sort of way or it's like we have all of these presets if you want them uh you want to draw uh you want to you know put in circles you want to overlap you want to do diamonds yeah go for it here's how you do it and And occasionally one of the things is not quite good and it's maddening because it's so close to perfect that I get much more angry than I would if it was a more limited program. And uh, and then it has like, you know, a sketch layer and an inking layer. If you want to do all the art in it, I find the art tools quite limiting. So but it's it accepts that you will find that limiting. So you can just export the page quite easily as a PSD or anything else you want to procreate or anything else on the iPad. So it's like, yeah, just tell us how you want it. I click procreate. I go to procreate. It's like imported, and there it is. And wow, wow. I'm like, what? What's the name of this app? Comic Draw, and it's so good at that that <laughs> it made me. It keeps making whenever I touch it, and I shouldn't touch it because it it makes you... me think bad thoughts, <laughs> like doing a comic again. And I I'm like, I want to have do instructions. A comic. I, I want to use these tools because I could do such things with these tools. But the other thing is I don't want to draw a comic because I am super burnt out on drawing shit. I am uh, like I knew when I was doing the the Dragon Breath books and then the Hamster Princess books yes. that I was burning out. I knew it. I could feel it happening. I was aware that it was the ultimate end point of the trajectory. I made a very conscious decision that I was still going to do it, even knowing it was self-destructive and would hurt because, uh, I mean, my mom needed a house. And yeah, they, I was going to say, they kept sending you checks. Yeah, and, and there was just, you know, like, I that it was the only way I really knew of to make money at the level that I needed to to support... Uh, my mother, basically. Uh, I know Kevin would take care of me if everything went to hell in a handbasket, although I really prefer that not to be an issue. Same. Uh, but, you know, it's another thing to ask your husband to take care of your weirdo extended family. I I was willing to get in the Winnebago and drive across country to rescue them, so I don't want to... No, no, it's it's not you. It is, it is, it is not that I don't think you would... You would do it so much as that's that's a big ask for for those of you who missed it they did not need rescuing no so, no they're they're yeah. fine uh yeah. they're and the air quality is improving so yay yay uh yeah anyway so uh, i have not wanted to draw and i've tried to draw 
because for a long time I was an artist and that was how I made a living. And I have conventions where I am expected to sell art and I would try to do art for it and I have nothing. There is there's nothing in my soul. I have no desire to draw anything. Like I fried those circuits, but good. Yeah. It's almost like it's a good thing that we didn't do any conventions this year because there's always that ask for you to do commissions or custom stuff. And it, it always, you see money and you accept, but it, it does take a toll. And I think you needed the time off. I, I, I did. And although at what cost, but even so I'm, I'm still not feeling any joy of drawing. I, that may be a long time coming back. And right. let's be honest, there's a chance that I have fried it out successfully forever, which sucks to be me. But so I come up with a lot of ingenious ways for I want to do a comic, but I want to draw as little as possible. And one of those somewhat, you know, perhaps not as ingenious as I think it is, but I like the idea thing is basically doing what amounts to a a uh, clip art is the wrong phrase a right. uh, uh, like paper cutout diorama shadow box kind of things with layered paper only it's layered digitally cuz i always kind of found that cool and i you know actually draw the the uh the characters and whatnot and the backgrounds but it's the same character over and over again. I just change the expressions that's, out and, and tweak things, you know. I mean, that's really how Nameless Sheep started. Uh, as a game. Yes, yes, as a game. Uh, it very. I really liked what you could do with the very limited expressions and whatnot in uh, in the sort of text, you know... Uh, Ren-P, Ren-P, I think, was the one you were using, yeah. ...system, and... I, I I still want to tell stories, and I like telling stories in panels with pictures and, and word balloons. I just am so tired of drawing. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, if I do this, then I can just copy and paste everything. And it's not like I'm trying to pretend I'm drawing each one new. I mean, the style is obviously these are, these are paper cutouts kind of thing. Right. And I suppose I could make it even more obvious by, like, you know, actually printing them out and cutting them out and taking photos, but that seems a little excessive. That, that seems a little excessive. Uh, and so, you know, I've been... I really love comics. I love the format. I'm just... Uh, I can't draw a, com- a full comic again without just the thought destroying me utterly. And uh, so I'm fooling around with this where I am doing some drawing... And I even think some of the drawings are cool, but if I get one I like, you know, like, okay, here's the god Thoth in the first couple pages, it's the same Thoth, you know, it's, right, 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 right. Yeah, we get like one shot where I change his position, and so it's a different drawing, but, and it's, uh, 
I it, it's it's scratching the itch without making me want to scream and throw myself off a bridge. It's also scratching the itch without any pressure to make money off of it. And I think that's I yeah. mean, it's purely for you. Yes. I mean, sooner or later, I'm probably going to subject people to it, but, you know. But it's not a, I have to get this out on a regular schedule. I have a deadline when it's due. Um, Yeah. I have to run out of the bedroom at 11.45 because I forgot to draw. That was one time (laughs) in the entire run of Digger when I suddenly realized I had the day wrong and that a Digger had to go up tomorrow and... I had, at least you were living here at the time, and it wasn't like you had to drive all the way home to get to your computer. That would have been a problem. That would have been a problem. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and Kevin has strict orders. If I ever start an epic again, bury me in the backyard. And the thing is, I could write an epic. Like I could write an epic comic. I could even lay it out, and I could do it with a song in my heart. I could never draw it again. Nope. And. I'm kind of working on a project with my friend Liz, who likes to draw and is not as much in the writing, but uh, yeah, and, and I hate that because it would be much easier for my life if if I enjoyed the drawing and maybe the writing was more difficult, or maybe not, because, you know, I make a living writing now, yeah. so it's, and and like, I'm not saying any of this burnout to try to get pity or anything. Like, I, I knew what I was doing. You did. <laughs> and I walked into it, and I knew at the time I was going to, you know, uh, that I was I was hurting myself. And I was like, well, that's the, that's the choice. And, you know, these things happen. Yeah. So, yeah. I have no, no good segue. Just, just say what the interview is. So I had a chance to sit down and talk to Miss Emily Edwards, who is the host of Fuck Boys of Literature podcast. Uh, yes. And we had a grand time talking about how Emily stays productive. And then we scheduled uh, my appearance on her podcast to talk about Beowulf. And that, uh, as soon as I have dates for that, I will, I will share it with you. But in the meantime, we have this amazing interview, and we'll have that right after this. Folks, I am here with Emily, who runs the podcast, The Fuck Boys of Literature, and I love that podcast name. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, um, I, I have to listen to it based on the name alone, but you came as a highly recommended guest, so it was like, I'm so glad I reached out. So can you tell us, other than... A slightly obscenely named podcast. What it is, you know, give us uh, an introduction uh, better than I just did and uh, a little bit about what you do. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, 
I am a podcaster, writer, and mostly housewife, which usually surprises a lot of people. Um, we have a weekly podcast with occasional bonus episodes, and uh, mostly I, I we read a lot and uh, make shows, and which takes a lot more effort than most people think it does. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, preaching to the choir on that one. Yeah, because you have a couple, <laughs> don't you? Uh, one is on hiatus for the pandemic. Gotcha. Uh, because it's very hard to do. One we wrapped up after six years um, last September. And so the only active one right now is this one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah. I, I have to say, doing a five-minute show three times a week with a, with script prep and recording and everything – I was surprised at how much work it was when I, when yeah. we started doing that one. So I understand completely. Yeah. Um, I was a radio producer for a couple years and it was a very small radio show that I did. And people were surprised that doing a two hour radio show once a week was really like an over full time job for me. And it, it you know, it kind of gave me a little bit of insight into what it was going to be like to have a podcast. But it completely on the other hand, podcasting is so there's editing involved. There's music, the booking, the you know, it's there's just oh, yeah. so much work involved. And I mean, even when I was an on air personality, it, it was quite frankly, it it was a lot easier because you're live on air. You just have to make sure you don't swear and offend somebody. Yeah. And you're good. Exactly. Um, yeah. And remember, there are no take backs on that. Yeah. One. When you're live. Yeah. 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 Golly, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, it was it was years ago and I didn't realize how how much of a setup it would be towards uh, podcasting. Uh, but it's a blast. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I took this up as a hobby. Oh, I have yeah. to say it's so much more fulfilling than I thought it was going to be. So, and getting to speak with so many different people from so many different like avenues and, and work experiences, and then guesting on other people's shows for things that are entirely unrelated to literature. It, it's just <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and in my case, being able to talk to all of these different people has mm -hmm. been so rewarding. Uh, had everything from award-winning authors to um, uh, office managers on, and it's just been an adventure. That's just so cool. <laughs> so thinking about all of that, how do you keep yourself organized and productive? Uh, I have to admit that I do a lot of obsessive calendaring because uh, one of the things that I haven't, it, it, one of the biggest hurdles that I have to juggle is the fact that my husband also works from home. So mm -hmm. I do not have a day job. So that frees up a lot of time. But my husband's work is uh, he's a composer. And so oh. there's a lot of noise and a lot of things happening and a lots of ins and outs and what have yous. And I also do the bulk of my housework just because that's the way the cookie crumbled with our successful careers versus my not successful careers. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a lot of a lot of obsessive shared calendaring of this is when I'm going to be reading. This is when I'm going to be recording. This is when I'm going to be editing. I have to keep a very strict schedule. And mm -hmm. uh, that's really just a lot of people don't realize that when you are a caretaker, even though I'm a caretaker for another adult, there's a lot of over communication that happens because you aren't always going to be available. 
um, for that person when they think they're going to need you and versus like when you're actually available to be needed. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that is, uh, that is a thing. Yeah. And, and my mother actually also lives with us. So she's thankfully in very good health, but there is also times where it's like my mom decides she wants to do a project today and it's like, no, today's my work day. Like I have to sit down and get this done or I'm going to be on a phone call with a very sensitive microphone that picks up everything. So please don't come into my house like screaming your head off about something <laughs> because, you know, the mic's going to pick that up. And that's just a lot of work for me to explain to the person who's potentially a stranger that I'm talking to. And also editing that out is going to be a real pain in the butt. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that was one of the difficulties with uh, the Hidden Almanac was was working really hard to make sure we didn't pick up the incidental noises. Uh, mm -hmm. We give warnings for this one, so if you happen to hear the water running, okay, fine. Hidden Almanac, that was completely it. So, yeah, yeah no, I understand completely. Yeah, and what, quarantine's actually been really strange because I, I do live in a house, but my neighbors have kids that are now home all day, every day. And Oof. so it's been, and I, we're not particularly good friends. So there's been times where I'm just like, do I tell my neighbors, like they have to keep their kids quiet for a couple hours because I'm going to be doing a show. But I, at this point, I just apologize and, you know, on the show yeah. and just say like, you're going to hear my neighbor's kids screaming. Sorry. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, no, I just, I just preface every episode with we have animals and you may yeah. hear them. Uh, speaking exactly. of, here comes the orange cat now to sleep on my laptop. Aww. Hey, sweetie. Um, okay, so uh, shared calendars, you say? Yeah, mostly shared, cal shared calendars, a lot of note-taking. The other problem, is, problem, but the other <laughs> issue, we'll say, uh, speed bump, is that a lot of the people that I talk to are... Um, you know, professionals and they have real jobs. And so I try to make, stay as flexible as possible, but, um, you know, they might have to change and things like that. So you, you obviously are aware of like the rescheduling issue of having oh, yeah. guests on your show. And then yeah. the other big hiccup is, is that usually my show requires people to read something. And usually it's very long. And oftentimes it's what I like to refer to as 900 pages of Victorian sadness. So if you are just reading something that you think is going to take you a week to read, but you only got halfway through and it's actually going to take you three weeks to read, I have to juggle all of that, including scheduling of the episode versus filling in blank spots and things like that. And it's just, it's, it's a headache. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, and, uh, I, I just had to do the um, time zone dance. Oh, yeah. With Sorry. a future guest. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how fun is it when you – have you done international yet? Oh, oh, several times. Yeah. It's just that between my work schedule and their work and recording schedule and they're in Great Britain and mm -hmm. I'm on the East Coast of the United States, it's like the only time I had – uh, free on the shared calendar system was about 4 a.m. their time. Oh, golly. So uh, we worked it out. We, I, I, went, I went through my calendar. I'm like, oh, I have that day off work. How about this time that fits for both of us? And now it's all set up. Yeah. I might be stealing your shared calendar system because that's fantastic. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I do have a guest that I've had on a couple times, and he's in Britain. But thankfully, I'm on the west coast of 
uh, America. So we have an eight hour time difference, which is great because I'll just do it at nine o'clock in the morning and he'll do it at five o'clock in the evening. Perfect. Um, I've had to do a very weird dance with another friend of mine who lives in New Zealand. And that's a funny time because it's it's not a full 24 hours. It's like 21 hours difference and that that i'm bad at math like i'm not i wasn't even a good english major and i'm (laughs) you're they're trying to ask me to do time zone math and that was ridiculous but i think we managed to work it out i i have a a leg up on that one Uh, the company i work for we are distributed internationally and it turns out my manager and about a third of my team are in new zealand or New Zealand and Australia. So I, I know that about three in the afternoon, my time, that my boss is going to show up. Right. <laughs> and, yep. and, you know, and then he should, and since they're a day ahead, um, uh, one of my uh, coworkers is logging on today going, Happy Friday. And I'm like, For you, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> But I can also yell at my boss when he signs on on U.S. East Coast Friday morning time, and I'm like, dude, it's your weekend. Go away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you doing right. here? Yeah. I um, can't resist asking people, how is the future? Like, I'm just that corny. Oh, and it, that one. Yeah. And sometimes it gets a polite chuckle, and then other times people just, like, growl. <laughs> right. It's fun though. You got to oh, yeah. make everything as fun as possible. Uh, we have we have surprisingly a lot of fun at work. So, um, <laughs> well, and, Kiwis are just lovely people. <laughs> oh yeah, they're so much fun. They're so much. They fun. are. <laughs> uh, so, are you using like, haha? Try drag it back on track. Um, yeah. Are you using like um, Google Calendar to do all this, or Outlook, or? Uh, generally speaking, because we are an artsy fartsy family, uh, we all mm-hmm. are on Macs for doing all of our editing and actual work. So we oh, yeah. just hooked up the good old fashioned, you know, uh, iCal and shared calendars on that. Yay. Uh, you're one of the few people I know who's just like, yeah, we're using all of the built in functionality in the Mac. We're not using Google. We're not using Office 365. That's really cool. Yeah, um, you know, it's best not to be too complicated. And I guess, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things is, is just I am, first of all, I'm a very aesthetic person. Like, mm-hmm. I need everything to be beautiful. And just golly, so many of those third-party things are just so ugly. And so yeah. I've gotten very used to the aesthetics of my Mac computers. And, you know, that's just, it's it's a reflex now. Like my mom has a PC and I don't know how to use it, even though I grew up <laughs> using them. Right. And so like, I, you know, I can suss it out because windows hasn't really changed that much since windows 95. So I can usually fix her computer, but right. um, my husband and I, we are just so reflexively Apple people since, you know, going through our weird artsy fartsy art schools where it's just like, mm. it was required that you had a Mac. So oh, it's yeah. just, you know, it's second nature to almost try to find the um, the built-in tools on a Mac, and it's like I have to go third party. Then I just get really ornery about it. And and if you're like me, when you're going third party, you're looking for the thing that integrates as closely with your existing Mac apps as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, you know, given that my husband is a composer and I do a lot of like recording and editing, like we even use Apple programs for that. Like we both use Logic and it's just, you know, it's just sometimes 
I, uh, this might get me a little bit of hate mail from diehard anti-Apple people, but man, they do really good at just, um, symbiotic, uh, yeah. programs and, and programming. It just, it's just flawless for us. Yeah, uh, I do all of my, my show editing in GarageBand and I've tried other things and mm-hmm. it's just nowhere near, even when they did the big change a couple years ago and literally changed how GarageBand worked for podcasts, mm-hmm. it was, it's still, it took me less time to adjust to, okay, this is how GarageBand works now than it did trying to use any, you know, just trying to use another product that yeah. isn't designed around ease of use. Yeah. yeah. I used GarageBand to create my entire internationally syndicated radio show that I was the producer of. Like, it's just a really good product. Oh, yeah. And then one day I will justify the upgrade to Logic Pro. <laughs> it's uh, the only steep. reason I have it is because my <laughs> husband, I use a hand-me-down computer from my husband who like had Logic for his actual business of yeah, composing yeah. music. And I thought I, it was going to take me years to learn how to use it. And I have to say it probably took me about two hours. Yeah, it's it's much more. It's not the learning curve I'm worried about. It's the fact that logic costs some bank. So yeah, it does. It ain't yeah. cheap. So no. yeah, I am talking from a very privileged place right. of having it. You know, just on the computer that I use. But like, yeah, it ain't cheap. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, so since you've got the shared calendars and you're really calendar driven, um, are there any systems or habits that you use to keep yourself on track or to keep yourself productive? Yeah, that's hard because <laughs> I am, I, I think I mentioned this to you is that like, I feel like I am a terribly unproductive person. So, you know, I look at all this time that I have, because again, like in quarantine and I don't have a day job. So I feel like I have all this free time. And then I realized like, no, in the last couple of years, I've like written three books. I have a weekly podcast that takes, (laughs) you know, an hour to record every single week and several hours to edit. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I do bonus episodes every Friday as well. And it's just like, you're not unproductive. (laughs) Right. But I feel like I could be doing more. So I, I, I'm not sure if I even have any habits or patterns that I stick to because I, first of all, my brain really doesn't recognize patterns to begin with. And then also right. like I have a guilt that I don't actually make that much. So if I could just find a pattern that would work with my crazy brain, then maybe I could make more. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's tune the question a little bit because that might, that might show the patterns. Um, what does a typical week look like? That's a really good question. Um, weekends I take off because usually, usually my husband doesn't have a project to work on. And one of the things that a lot of people are starting to notice now mm-hmm. that we are in quarantine is that when you work from home, work never stops. Yeah. So uh, generally speaking, hopefully I can get my husband for Saturday and Sunday. That's like the greatest thing in the world. Um, Usually it doesn't happen. Sometimes it does. And then so Monday I is what I call my drudgery day. Monday mm-hmm. is when I do all of my housewifey stuff. And uh, I want to address to people that I chose this life. I quit on purpose. I have the privilege to be able to do this. It's not like a sentence for me. But that's like my day of cleaning, and it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hate cleaning so much, but you know what? It's so much better than the crappy jobs that I had before. So, and then Tuesday is my editing day is when I wake up, sit down with my, you know, trough of coffee and I try to make the show that I've previously recorded as good as it can possibly be. Sometimes it takes two hours. Sometimes it takes nine. It just Mm -hmm. depends on, you know, like you mentioned before, I think before we started recording is that you aim for a nice, concise, great hour. And then sometimes it turns into Four hours of people talking about weird crap. And you're just like, those are great, but you do have to actually condense it into a show. Um, Yeah. uh, uh, For regular listeners, except for Dino, Dino, I just figure an open spot to cut and then say, all right, we get two episodes out of this one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've done that a couple times in the past. Uh, I had my friend on to discuss uh, Brett Easton Ellis and that just turned into four hours of existential angst because it has a tendency to do that. Um, and then so Tuesday is editing, but that's also because, and again, this is a little bit bananas to people who maybe don't have a podcast, but that's trash day in my neighborhood. So all day on Tuesday, there are just trash trucks just going through my neighborhood and they're so loud. So you can't record yeah. anything that day. So you might as well just like call it a wash. It's editing day and, you know, realize that nobody is going to be recording anything that day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wednesday is gardener day for my neighborhood. So it's usually lawn mowers and weed whackers and I can't do anything that day either. But that's usually um, publishing day for me. So that's all publicity. So it's tweeting, Facebook posts, YouTube videos, reaching out to people, getting people to retweet stuff and trying to get as many people to listen on Wednesday as I can, just so we can hopefully chart. But that doesn't happen that much anymore. Um, Thursday and Friday are usually the days where I record with people, depending on when what people's schedule is. So uh, most of my people are on the East Coast because guess there aren't that many lit nerds in California, but you know, most people are East coast. So it's usually afternoon or mm-hmm. evening for me. And then, uh, Thursday, sometimes I do Thursday and Friday, but, uh, most of the time it's just one of the days. And then the rest of the, whatever day I'm not recording, I have off. <laughs> and then I just pick up the pieces. That's, that's, that's great. Yeah. To, to know that you, or not know, but at least have built into, uh, uh, the the system you have a day that is just for you yeah um i it it feels weird to say that because again like i don't have a day job and i don't have kids to take care of so but like there's there's always one day where you're just like shit is happening and i need to fix it (laughs) yeah oh yeah Uh, or or again now because errands now take a million times longer you know you're just like well that's the day i'm gonna go to the pharmacy and it's just gonna take 15 hours because it's you know yeah i mean other than the the just working up the nerve to leave the house yep uh the decon time after you get back from the pharmacy it's so stressful right yeah no it's um friday is is uh, grocery day that's the day that uh, generally um, well, my yeah. wife and one of our housemates go out to do the grocery shopping because uh, mentally speaking i cannot go into the one grocery store the nearest grocery store i, I don't I, blame you it yeah no uh yeah. but they can manage and so between the two of them that's just all they do that day it's like yep it's grocery day and we're mm-hmm. done now and i'm yeah. like yeah no it's it's stressful 
Yeah. I'm very lucky that I live in a major city. I live in Los Angeles, so I can do the thing where it's like you order a bunch of stuff and then choose a pickup day to go and get it. But even that's just like a little bit harebrained because as someone who like does all the cooking and stuff like that, like you don't know what you're going to end up with. Right. And you're just kind of like, okay, I was planning on making a meal, but now I have just like 30% of most of the things I was planning on making. And that just threw all my planning into the dirt. And now it's just like time to improvise. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's in, in that case, it's sort of like uh, uh, being part of a CSA. Right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's what, what are we going to get this week? What is, uh, you know, what is, what horrible thing that I hate am I going to get 18 pounds of? Because yeah, exactly. that's what's, what's happening right now. I do have a garden and I very stupidly grew celery. And I want you to know that like you go to the grocery store and you buy celery, but when you grow it, you end up with way too much goddamn celery. And I'm just like, what am I supposed to do with it? Oh my God. I celery thought I needed zucchini. like one celery, and it turns out you end up with 400 pounds of celery. <laughs> and there's no good use for it aside from like ants on the log and soup. Like, what else do you do with it? Um, chicken salad, maybe yeah. egg salad. That's about it. it. Exactly. Yeah. Like, one thing that like quarantine has really kind of driven home for me and my husband, uh, and I know I talk about him a lot, but I just really like him. Um, is that like we graduated right into like the Bush catastrophe? So wait, like, which Bush of... catastrophe? Okay, the second Bush catastrophe. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, because I graduated high school for the first Bush catastrophe. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so shared commiseration and like the you have to plan like really far in advance when you're when you're broke or when things are like limited and you know we got really used to planning and then in quarantine it's like nope no planning everything is out the window everything is like you know you're just on the edge of your seat the entire time and you're just like adapting the entire time yeah. and it's been very weird to can. <laughs> to do this as someone who like used to be a massive control freak. And now I'm just like, Nope, everything's free and open. <laughs> everything, everything is, is crazy now. And I don't know what I'm going to, that's why I don't leave the house as much as, okay. So there are two reasons I don't leave the house as much as I, I used to. One is I don't have to, I, my, my kid has graduated high school and gone to college. Awesome. I no longer have to get up in the morning to make sure he gets his butt out <laughs> yep. the door to school and home. Right. So that's, that's, that's one reason. And the other is um, I don't like leaving the house that much af after this many years working from home. So, yeah. 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 They am here. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think I have been, uh, frankly, unemployed for like four or five years. And my husband's worked from home for like the entire our entire relationship. So like 12 or 13. And so we're just like full on hermits. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've been. Lucky enough uh, to have a corporate IT job and yet been work from home for uh, work. It'll be it's it's over nine years now. Oh wow! So, yeah. Um, so we're I'm approaching that big ten years of having my butt in this chair in this office. Yep. I mean I've upgraded the chair and the desk. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But they don't last nearly as long as you think they will. I I know. Although this desk is has, seems to have some durability. Um, the chair, God, chairs you go through so quick. The chair is where the secret lies, though. You got to get the good chair. Oh, 
my company has a deal with a really good chair manufacturer, and I'm thinking I'm going to take advantage of that discount when it's time to replace this. This chair. is such a nerdy specialist conversation, oh, yeah. and it makes me so happy. <laughs> I was um, I was talking to uh, name drop time. Uh, I was talking to my friend Mer Lafferty a little earlier today, and we were talking about standing desks. Ooh. Um, and how Murr is adapting and I've had a sit a powered sit stand desk for a couple of years and how great they are. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's like anyone who's worked from home for a long time has opinions mm-hmm. about things. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. <laughs> so the nice thing here is I'm looking over it and you have habits. You do. Um, I do. It's, it's just, you have a big routine. Um, and it, it, it does, you don't have like a, you probably have a daily routine and that's what you normally think of when you talk about this stuff. But like you, you outlined in a week that you kind of have set days. These are the days things happen. So that gives you the ability at least to plan out some. That's true. Yeah, that's true. It's much on more on a macro scale than on a micro scale. Yeah. And uh, frankly, uh, the micro scale, like micromanaging drives me insane. I don't know how people do that. Um, be micromanagers or be micromanaged? Both. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know what it's like to be micromanaged, and it makes me homicidal. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never had to be a micromanager, but after you know a lot of discussions and, and things, I can see how a manager may come to believe that that is the most effective way to make sure their people get their things done. Yeah. Um, probably because they had a bad experience with one or more employees when they were a new manager and had to shift to that and, and said, well, this is what works then and just kept at it. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Like I realized more and more that I just didn't fit in with um, real real people work because like, (laughs) I just, I, I, I don't know if it's undiagnosed ADD or something, but I just can't concentrate for that long. And when people are, they, you know, they need to micromanage you because you have like, (laughs) maybe I'm telling on myself because like you have just stuff that needs to get done a certain way. I'm just like, nope. And just like (laughs) flip desk, walk on out. Like I'm really bad at it. I am a terrible employee. I will never work for someone ever again. It's bad news. I've, I've, I've I've had both ways where, where what I love about my current company is their attitude is basically, we know you're going to get it done. And so we're going to give you deadlines and a framework to work within. And if we don't necessarily like your solution, that's okay. We'll work together to find the, to, to, to make it acceptable to everyone. I've, I've had, you know, I've worked for people or with people who are like, there is one way to, there's a, a wrong way to do things. And there is my way to do things. Yep. And if you're not doing it my way, then it's wrong. And so I'm going to give you crap until you do it my way. And uh, that drives me insane. Yeah, that's a big old yikes. I can't, yeah. I can't handle that. That's not cool. <laughs> Again, I think it's because like my brain is a very like creative brain. So like if uh, my, it's not going to connect point A to point C by going through B most of the time, it's just not going to happen. So yeah. like if, you know, if it, uh, I can keep punctual time, but other than that, <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> Big, big believer in uh, in uh, reminders and uh, calendar alarms. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. I love them. Cause you have to remind me to like stop. I have to get refocused a lot where mm-hmm. I'm, when I'm working on things. So if, if I actually find the energy and focus to actually like write, because that's one of the things I actually am trying to do professionally is I like, do actually write books. Right. Um, just haven't been published formally yet. Um, it's just, so I have to kind of get refocused on actual tasks and actual things to do when I'm, when I'm writing or else it's just going to, I'm just going to float away like a balloon. Right. 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 Um, so that, that actually, now that we've, we've kind of gone through that, that brings us to an interesting question, which is how do you decide what to do first on a given day and your days vary wildly. So do you have like a daily routine that, that gets you towards what needs to be done on a given day? Since you already sort of know what needs to get done on that day. It's not like you have big choices to make one hopes. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I guess it's strange because I have things that I consider professional things that I have to get done. And like most people, personal things that I have to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't do the personal things, like I just feel guilty if they land on my husband, who's the breadwinner for the family. And it's just like, he can't <laughs> empty the dishwasher. His hands aren't broken, but like, I feel bad, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there, there's things that I try to not leave undone, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. My daily, you know, it starts with like waking up and feeding the cats because those little monsters won't keep you from like forgetting. Um, <laughs> if you think cats are bad, chickens. Really? Uh, they, they, well, okay, they're used to me coming out and giving them their scratch with mealworms first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm not out there by a certain time with, to give them scratch and mealworms, and in the case the automatic door didn't open, to open the door for them, uh, they can get loud. That does not surprise me. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. How many do you have? Um, Twenty currently. Wow, that's a lot of chickens. Uh, yeah, three, roost- three adult roosters, one suspected juvenile rooster. And, gotcha. Um, uh, Eleven, no, um... Yeah, 11 laying hens. Oh, wow. And then the rest are all hopefully pullets. There may still be another uh, unidentified young rooster in there. Gotcha. Um, and uh, uh, you're not vegetarian, are you? I am, but it doesn't bother me at all. My okay. husband's from Texas. I can't get that picky about things. <laughs> gotcha. So I was going to say, and uh, that, that one suspected young rooster, if he turns out to be a young rooster, is going to be delicious when he's a Yes, older. he's going to be coca-van. <laughs> Yeah, um, maybe uh, I like I, I I like sometimes a slow cooker with like uh, mojo sauce Ooh. or um, a barbecue sauce so that it all just until it's like suddenly you've got like barbecue chicken stew. Yeah. Although mojo rabbit stew is the best. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, that's fine. I believe it or not, the show that I produced was a food show. So it's like there's oh. no way for me to like not talk about like cooking stuff that I don't eat all the time. So <laughs> right. I don't care. <laughs> and that was during the trend where like offal was really popular. So people oh, would talk yeah. about preparing like innards and stuff. And I'd just be sitting in the recording studio just being like, oh, God, must you? 
<laughs> and yeah, there there is a time and place for that, and that is mostly haggis. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> says the man who's thinking. I wonder if I'll have enough chicken livers to make my own deep fried chicken livers this year. So Ooh. yeah. <laughs> All right, so you try not to leave um, the daily sort of house maintenance stuff undone. Yeah, 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 that's just kind of a big one where it's just, you know, you. Uh, uh, this is getting. This might be like a little bit oversherry, but like as someone who's battled depression a lot, mm-hmm. I have found that if I start to let that slide, it's gonna get real gross. So there's just basic like daily stuff that I feel compelled to do in order to maintain like the standard of living that I want our family to, you know, maintain. So it's just I you got to feed the cats, clean the cat box, vacuum the cat hair off of everything. You will notice a pattern here. Um, <laughs> I, I, I cook. I, I love to cook. Um, so I cook three square from scratch a day. Usually nice. I clean up everything, you know, mop the floors, don't leave dishes in the sink at night. And mm-hmm. then on top of that, I make my podcast, which is usually 10 to 15 hours a week of stuff to do. It's a nice little part-time job that pays nothing. Yes. <laughs> so are you, uh, are, are you, uh, you have to scrub the sink everyday person like I am. I am. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I picked up from from one of the I think it was the fly lady back in the days when she was still new and not the big internet sensation who was like, "Look, if nothing else, make sure your sink is clean. Scrub that yep. thing every day." Mhm. Uh, again, like weird, all these things come from weird places for like everybody. Um, my mom, before I was born, she worked in a New York state psychiatric hospital, which let me tell you are not clean places. So she kind of had a tendency to be very clean. And Mm -hmm. I picked that up from many horror stories of hearing about what's it like to work in state run, uh, you know, facilities. So I get a little bit nutty about my cleaning. That's uh, completely fair. I suppose I could ask my mother from when she was a uh, state inspector for retirement homes yep. <laughs> uh, about that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> oh, so there is a shared reason why we scrub out the sink every single day. <laughs> it, uh, a little bit of that and, and a little bit of... Um, this is going to sound weird, but my, my ex-wife was not great at dishes. Um, yeah. And uh, I've had roommates that were terrible at dishes. And so now d- dishes are kind of, it's the weirdest thing. If the dishes aren't done and put away, I, I sometimes get a little twitchy. So, yeah. yeah. I'm very similar. I'm very similar. And especially as someone who has worked, I've never worked in a professional kitchen, but I have spent a lot of time with people who are chefs and in professional food industry stuff, just my, my kitchen's got to be clean. It's just got to be clean. Yeah. That's my big daily task. <laughs> yeah, I, I will remember my own horror. Um, like when the, I think it was chopped and one of the chef contestants used the same spoon twice for testing. Mm-mm, nope. That's gross. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, nope. And and nope. Ursula's looking at me funny, like, why are you getting a new spoon for me to taste this? I'm like, this is just, no, this is nope. how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yucky. Yeah. Um, sorry, so there's the basic housework stuff. There's your morning coffee and, and I'm sure cat pets, um, if your cats are like mine. 
Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of snuggle. They prefer my husband, though, and that's awful to me. <laughs> I'm the reason um, they're here. <laughs> We, we have apparently uh, one of the cats has decided that she has a daytime person and a nighttime person. Oh, cool. So daytime's Ursula's trying to write and there's a cat trying to sleep on her on her arm. <laughs> uh, but yep. at night, this same cat comes up and she curls up on the has to be on the pillow next to me and expects me to like rub her tummy and scratch her ears. Oh. And I'm like, I'm I'm trying how am I supposed to do this? I'm trying to play like, you know, a video game that requires both hands and she's like, yeah. I don't care. She's like, I'm gonna bite you until you pet my tummy. <laughs> she's not a biter, but she will grab hold of my hand and lick it. Oh. <laughs> uh, which is really a good weird for, sensation. <laughs> yeah. Not good if you have dry skin in the winter. Let me just No. Say. No. No. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so, but I do have to admit that like a lot of my day is on the fly because, um, of the work that my husband does, he writes music for movie trailers. And so he is on demand essentially for every studio. Um, (laughs) and so like there'll be days where he'll start off and he's just like, yeah, you know, I just finished up a project and there's nothing left to do and then it'll be like nine o'clock at night and he's still in the studio and you're just like oh okay like there goes the rest of my plan for the day and i guess i'll bring you food later so you don't die and you know and that happens quite frequently and it's been a very exciting way to live but also a very stressful (laughs) yeah because because you never know yeah exactly but at least it's a part of the entertainment industry that seems to be just a constant. It's weird right now, but mm-hmm. doable. I will yeah. say that. How many? You probably can't tell me the answer, but but how many trailers now is it turning to trailers for streaming services? Um, it, there was a time where they didn't buy music for trailers that right. weren't. Oh, I don't know. It's really tricky. It's really tricky. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, He actually doesn't do, uh, personal aside, he actually doesn't do that much for streaming services. It's mostly theatrical release movies. Oh, well, uh, no, I was just thinking that, like, the, the big three, Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon, are doing all of their own productions, and now and yeah, now they've got yeah. trailers showing up for these productions. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a little wild. Um, mm-hmm. Those are, are, just to discuss how the industry works, generally speaking, um, really quickly, um, almost all of those are pretty much done in-house, so Netflix okay. and Amazon have their own people. Mm-hmm. Um, for studio movies, there's actually people who cut trailers as like editing houses and uh, they all kind of compete for the same trailer. They all make cuts and then the studio picks one and goes with it. Gotcha. That's weird. It's super weird. It seems um, inefficient to me, but uh, who am I to say? (laughs) Uh, It's, it's, yeah, no, it, it makes sense. It it also would make sense why there are five guys with similar deep voices to do in a world type yeah, trailers. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> they all have their guy. Yeah, yeah. There, it's there, fun. There's, there was a YouTube video, I don't know if you saw this, where it was basically a pre-Oscar thing, and it was a limo picking up all of these voice actors into a single limo. 
and it's hysterical. <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll find it for the show notes because it was it was just um, that's divine. <laughs> yeah, just as they were saying hi in a limo <laughs> to each other, just yeah. And what's what's really funny too is that uh, I have a friend who is a voice director, and man, voice actors, there's like six of them. Like there, it's a very very small group of people who voice who do the voices of stuff, and it's yeah. so cool to listen to them and like and and realize just how talented these actors are, and that just like. You don't know what they look like. You could be buying them at the airport. Like, but man, they are the most talented actors in the world. There's um, a panel that used to happen. I'm saying used to happen. at uh, I think it was Emerald City Comic Con. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can find videos of this one online, too, where it would be the voice actors panel. But what they would be doing is they would have the script for Star Wars A New Hope. Oh, that's so cool. And they would, and like the moderator would call out one of the characters they had done to be reading the part. And the oh. one I remember the most is um, having uh, uh, Tara Strong, who does the voice of, of Raven and um, Buttercup the Powerpuff Girl, and uh -huh. yeah, read Darth Vader in the Buttercup voice. <laughs> so good yeah and i'm just like oh my god or maybe it was the bubbles voice e either way it was just like mind blown and then uh the guy who does um like he's also he's one of the animaniacs he's got one of those long lists of all the animation he's uh-huh i think you, um, jim cummings no uh i want to say rob paulson um the guy who played yakko Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that voice brings who me right back to being a kid. Yeah, who I think is also also did the voice for uh, Pinky of Pinky and the Brain. Oh, I think you're right. Because I, I met them at a signing in New York many, 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 many years ago when Animaniacs was still on the air. And uh, he and it was like him and the guy who voiced Yakko were autographed and and. He like snuck in and it was a T-shirt with all the Animaniacs on it. And he had signed over Yakko, and then he'd gone around the side of the shirt and signed it um, at uh, Pinky on as brain well. Is, oh man, that's so cool! It was yeah. I'm just like oh my god, I totally unexpected. So, um, so yeah, I'll have to add that one too to the to the show show notes. <laughs> Sorry, um, no, <laughs> we're no, no, going no, no, no. out on tangents, and that usually includes a lot of research. <laughs> uh, these are all my own fault, because I'm the one who's bringing up the references. <laughs> um, it's the, the only one I can think of that's that's voice actor that's been a lot of fun, and he's, again, he's everywhere, is, um, oh God, now I can't remember his last name, Billy, uh, the voice of Fry, the voice of Professor Farnsworth. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, um who does he's been reading trump tweets as zap brannigan oh my god that's perfect it's hysterical oh that's um, divine I, I and i'm just like oh that is that is hysterical um and i i go straight to billy badass professional bastard which was a short film he did um so right yeah. Uh, daily, so so daily stuff. 
daily stuff, I seem a lot more like a housewife than I do like a content creator. Right, right. You know, hazard of the job. (laughs) Do you do you tend to do the bulk of the the uh, daily house stuff before you go to do content? Do you try to split it up and intersperse it? I think I try to split it up just because um, you. I'm sure I'm gonna hit a nerve here. When you're when you're working on a show, you mm-hmm. love it so much. And then when you're doing it, it can be drudgery. So there's times where it's just like, I am so tired of listening to myself talk. And then you just like have to go and do something else. Like just go do the laundry because like, I can't listen to my voice anymore. Or like, I know that this is when this interview went fully off the rails and there's going to be a boring 15 minutes cutting up, like coming up that I have to save. And you're just like, I'm going to put that off. And then you just walk away. Oh, I've hit this snag in my code, and gee, look, the uh, dishes need to be done. And exactly, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. the the chicken. I now's a great time to go get the eggs from the chicken coop. Uh huh. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then, since my husband does also work from home, there are times where we'll we'll both like find ourselves in the garden weeding at the exact same time, and it's just like, <laughs> oh, cool. So you hit a roadblock too. Yep. All right. <laughs> yeah, and and. I think more people shouldn't be afraid to walk away from work when they hit a roadblock and just clean yeah. their, let their brains clear up. Um, I agree. I did that a lot when I was working and I was a copywriter. And so I wrote my job. My first job out of college was writing product descriptions for a clothing company. And there's only so many times you can describe a pair of jeans that looks exactly the same as the previous pair of jeans, but somehow cost $15 more. Like you can only come up with so many different ways to describe things. So I know that my manager at the time thought I was just a 20 year old yachts walking around, but I'm just like, you don't understand. I can't stare at this pile of tops for much longer without completely losing my brain. So thankfully I was in a a rather large um, company like uh, campus. So I just get up, take a lap and come back and be like, all right, I can do another three hours of like completely mindless writing for, you know, this product that I'm supposed to be selling. Yeah, and and that's kind of where the the micromanager thing becomes really problematic because if you need that break, your micromanager's like they're slacking. Yeah. Right, they don't understand that I need to get up, I need to clear my head, I need to think about it a little in depth. I'm not at my desk with my butt in the chair doing the work. Yeah, exactly. And especially because at the time, I was probably the only person whose job was even remotely creative in my, um, you know, my little segment of the company. So like she could not understand for the life of me, her, why like, uh, you know, writing product descriptions and emails and sale copy and things like that wasn't the same thing as like crunching numbers in a spreadsheet. And it's like, it's just not the same. It's just simply not. I'm sorry. (laughs) You sit here and try to think up 15 different ways to talk about these 15 different pairs of jeans whose only difference between them is the color. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> Except for the one that has pockets, which is obviously men's jeans and the wrong one. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take care of that when I'm doing the men's jeans. Because I was also doing the copy for six different websites. This company owned that many different websites. Right, so it was right. just so much, so much mindless writing. And I was like, you don't understand. I got to be back in 10 minutes before my just my brain just starts leaking out my nose. Like, it's just not the same thing. It's just not... 
the same kind of work. And of course I, and I was also 20. So like this woman right. is looking at me, like I'm just this kid who doesn't want to be there. And I'm like, you don't understand. It's 2008. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I need the money. I need to be here. <laughs> God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't oh, fire I remember me. that one. Yeah. <laughs> I look like a schmuck, but I swear I'm working really hard. <laughs> um, cool. I, I think that actually gives us a, a good glimpse of the day. Yeah, it's it, break it up, kids. If you yeah, absolutely. If what you're doing feels like drudgery, just break it up. Find especially, something you can do. Yeah, especially if you're 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 working from home. Uh, yeah, you know. Sometimes just say, oh, the camera's not working on my laptop today. I'm, I'm going to fix it on that con call. And then just walk around with your phone just to get away from the desk. Mm-hmm. You have to. There's yeah. no way your sanity can just, like, do the same thing for that long. Uh, yeah, no. That's a challenge. <laughs> and if you're anything like us, your bathroom is going to be really clean. <laughs> Cleaner than it's ever been before. <laughs> Uh, to some to some extent, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that is the one bathroom that the one cat uses the toilet in. So every so often, I have to go in and flush for him. Oh my gosh! You trained your cat to use the toilet? No. It decided it's going to use it. Yes. Interesting. He taught himself, and of all the cats, he's the one that we know almost instantly if he has bladder or kidney infection. That's true. And it is, it's very handy, but it's very awkward to like, because you turn the corner to go into the bathroom and he's there on the seat taking care of his business. And you're just like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just- <laughs> like you walked in on one of your roommates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's great. I mean, weird, but great. Yeah. Well, yeah. Our vet was like, really? <laughs> he does what now? And we're like, yeah. And- so. They're then smart he gets creatures. Mad if you don't flush it often enough. Oh my gosh! I have to say, the greatest investment I've ever made was an auto scooping litter box. <gasps> Changed my life. It was amazing. So, I've had one, and they are great right up until the moment they aren't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Because <laughs> sometimes, uh, uh, yeah, sometimes the cats don't remember how to use it properly, and you're like, ah. Or if you're not on top of it, those some of the and you get the wrong litter, those tines clog in a heart. Yes, they do. Yeah. Or um and I, I had the fancy one where it like washes the disposable plastic pellet litter and all what? of that. That's so much. I I know, and it would just and the one cat who we found out later was deaf would like to sit on it and start the cycle manually so he could feel it. Oh because he was deaf. <laughs> Um, which meant that, you know, a month's worth of cartridge might last a week and a half. Oh, no. Until we figured out, yeah, and they weren't cheap. Um, it was a great system, and it worked great up until it didn't anymore. Oh, kitty, yeah. that's so sad. <laughs> I hate... Mine isn't that fancy. It just has times to rake yeah. the stuff stuff away. Uh, up until a couple months ago, I also had dogs, and uh, you oh, need yeah. that hidden stat. Oh, we, we, I bought the world's greatest litter box. Um, and the guy who makes it has his moments, but he's like, I, he, this is literally a piece of furniture. Ooh. 
and you don't have to bend over to scoop. You open the top, and there it is. It's got sort of a twisty, turny thing so that all the dogs, except the one Beagle we used to have, can't get into it to go treasure hunting. <laughs> Why are Beagles like that? Oh, God. He was special. <laughs> They're hunting dogs. <laughs> And he, yeah, no, we're like, why is this thing on your head not healing? And it was because he was scraping his head every time he was going into and out of that litter box. I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing this much. Oh, no, it's fine. You could, you, <laughs> we all laugh about this dog. Um, uh, may he rest in peace. Yep. Um, it's been several years now, so yeah, no. Um, he was... Uh, Wonderfully entertaining and possibly one of the worst behaved animals I've ever owned. And yet we loved him anyway. Yeah. My neighbors growing up had a beagle and um, they had to put up an actual fence and an electric fence to try to keep this dog into their yard. And it would still just like break through them all. And it's just like, how are it was like oh, yeah. a 25 pound dog? And it just there was no containing it. It was like a supernova of energy. I don't know how. How oh, those dogs exist? Yeah, no, our hounds are just like they're fine, they're fine. Then they'll catch scent of something. We've got coon hounds now, and, Ooh, and that's it. If, if they get out and they catch scent of something, they'll be three counties over before we yep. can catch them. Yeah, beautiful and dogs though. They all oh, they're great animals. I love them. Um, okay, so so one productivity tip is find the right litter box. Right. <laughs> It's amazing uh, how when you have the wrong stuff, like taking care of your pets just like takes so much longer. And then you find the one thing that works and you're just like, I'm going to get in this groove and never leave it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's uh, it, it really is the thing. It's like. How much time have I spent having to clean up uh, food waste from the animals because the cans like, you know, the less expensive cans are the ones that will feed like four cats for a day. Mm-hmm. And I've only got one cat who needs Gucci food. And so I'm either wasting food because it doesn't stay good in the can long enough yep. after it's opened or it starts to go moldy because he only eats like a third of it when I put out yep. a whole can and the other cats aren't interested, blah, blah, blah. And then you know, going, well, you know what? If I spend a little extra up front on the little cans, I save money on the long term because I'm not wasting big cans. Exactly. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, the mental gymnastics of planning and figuring all this stuff out. And and the funny thing is that leads right to the next question, um, which is, what is the best advice you would give someone or that you have received in addition to Find the right litter box. (laughs) (laughs) If that's all I'm remembered for, then so be it. Um, um, I guess the best advice is is that try to over-communicate in every possible regard. And it seems like... I I do have a very small community of people who I'm responsible to. I have my mom and my husband. And um but the problem is is like when you don't over communicate and when you don't ask pointed direct questions or when you don't get all the information you need it goes off the rails. So you it's just over communication I think is the key to both staying on track and also making sure that you are prepared for all the weird stuff that's going to be thrown at you 
like over the next coming weeks and months. Just like ask pointed questions and over communicate. And that's not a skill we're often, it's a skill you have to learn. And it's not one we're taught very often. It's true. It's true. Um, I, I, my dad growing up was like a very like type A controlling guy. And so it was like, you had to ask very specific questions in order to make sure that you did things correctly. Mm -hmm. And I've learned over time, you know, just of like out of necessity to be very good at asking questions. But my husband was not blissfully not really raised with one of those kinds of people. So I've had to sort of teach him (laughs) to ask the, you know, just like, Say what you mean, mean what you say, ask what you want to know, and it has to be specific or else you're probably just not going to get the information that you want. And it's just, you know, and it feels uncomfortable until you get very used to it. And uh, once you get used to it, oh, boy, howdy, does life get easier? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's a great one. I love that one. Yeah. And it also helps, you know, when you're doing creative stuff, like Mm -hmm. when you ask, like, what's the deadline for this? You better get both a their ideal deadline and no, but really, what's your deadline on this? Because it's usually either three days earlier or three days after they actually say they need it. Yeah. And uh, from the perspective of of talking to Ursula about uh, working with art directors. Oh, golly. uh, for for magazines and things that yeah i mean she was a commercial illustrator for a while uh doing magazine covers or spot illustrations in game books and things it was the frustration you will hear from from someone who either uh who's just like i'm sure it will be fine here's what we want in like two sentences and you're like is no you know you're asking more questions and they're like Whatever you decide is fine. No, it's not going to be fine. Never is. Yeah. Or the people who are, who have a particular vision in their head. And even if you can't deliver that, they, they are incapable of communicating what that vision is. And so you're incapable of, of meeting that expectation, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's also taken me a long time to realize that a people, a lot of people need ramifications for things. Mm-hmm. So like I, again, like I don't really have a job. So whenever I'm trying to schedule something with someone, I'm always just like, yeah, you know, whenever. And they'll, that they freeze. They don't know what to do. And so <laughs> you just kind of, you, I, that's why I might be adopting your scheduling system where it's just like, okay, I will tell you when I am free. And for me, that's like Monday through Friday, whenever the hell you want. But it really helps to give people, there are certain people who don't work well with open-ended questions. So to give people parameters is very helpful in almost any situation. Make sure you give people like guidelines for things because the work and the actual like communications, it will go so much smoother. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and I got to say one of the, the, the man, the switching to using, um, doodle as my, as my, no, just go to this link and pick some times that work, pick a time that works for you mm-hmm. has been one of, it has smoothed over so much of that email chain of, well, what about now? No, I'm actually busy that day. Are you busy on such and such a day? Well, here are the three days I'm, no, I'm not good. Any of those three days that like whole cycle. Oh, just yeah. gone. Yeah. I had one guest who didn't understand how time zones worked and she thought I was three hours 
uh, in the opposite direction of her. And I was just oh. like, where are, you know, I would get like on a record and be like, where are you? And she's like, I'll see you in three hours. I'm like, nope, not how that works, actually. Wrong, wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> well, the uh. sun goes other direction. <laughs> so, yeah, over communicate. Make sure people know how time zones work. And and um, my my personal word of advice to anyone who's going to have a system like that, make sure you block off things like when you're going to be asleep. So smart. Yeah, I, I, I actually have a separate calendar that's linked in there called like, um, it's either like work hours or uh, something. And I have like, there's a block of time every day called downtime hours. And those are the hours I don't do interviews. I don't, I try not to work. Uh, those are, that's my sleep and whatever else time. Yeah. Right. I, and yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people are realizing now when they're home, and I think we mentioned this before, it's just like, now that you are working from home, you need to create clear boundaries of when you are not going to work. Yeah, um, because if you're responding to things for work for uh, 24 hours a day, then even if this shift, you know, even if you go back to a real office, that expectation is kind of sort of still going to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I actually quit my last job because I was working as like a client liaison, but mm -hmm. I wasn't the highest person up in the marketing firm. Uh, and they told one of our clients that they could call me anytime 24 seven. And I was like, I'm not a doctor. I'm an ad copywriter. You may not call me anytime 24 seven. That is unacceptable. Yeah. I am available between the hours of like Eight and seven. Okay. I will give you before and after standard working hours because, you know, stuff happens. But like, no, no, no. 24 seven is not when I'm working for you. Yeah. Um, I've, I've worked IT jobs, uh, where the, like the alerting mechanism for something going down was email. And so it was expected that you you would receive alerts for your email 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And would respond within a certain amount of time, which meant that basically you could never put your phone on mute. That's horrible. That is right. Pavlovian nightmare. Yeah, and unless you have a phone specific for work, which I actually sort of uh, got them to get for people, then it didn't, you know, there was no way to, you could never turn that off. Right, you were always sort of on that. It could happen any second stress moment, and that will destroy a person. Yeah, I actually to this day cannot keep any notifications on on my phone because if I see like a little red bubble, I have to look at it. And it, that was after being a social media person, like manager for mm -hmm. a, about a year. Whereas, like, if something went wrong, there was suddenly going to be a bubble with like nine thousand things in it, and it's like you have to get on top of it. And it is so stressful to just like nope, 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 nope. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was also uh, there was the one job where they expected sort of the same from Slack. And the first oh. thing, the first thing I did was I said, okay, look, we're going to put in a real alerting and notification solution here because if we don't you know right now everybody in the company basically has to be on alert because whatever and so we're gonna we're gonna adjust and and that's something i think that anyone who's who's finds themselves turning into a 
24-hour response thing needs to start thinking about is, okay, how can you control that information flow? Yeah. Outside of just saying, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it does, I cannot stress enough, like, if you have a personality like mine, it becomes almost like a life or death thing. Like, because you will get so anxious and Mm -hmm. you will get so nervous and so antsy that, like, your quality of life will decrease until you can figure out how to manage the flow of information. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Information overload is a real thing. Yeah. And that's why I'm a housewife now, because all the work that I was doing was all of that, like, 24-7, nonstop communications, you know, jump, ding, 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 and you say how high. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't do it. Which segues very nicely into um, the last two questions. Ooh. Um, I I started calling these questions the easy but sad one. And the difficult but happy one. Cool. And I do them now in that order specifically. I used to say, do you want the happy one or the sad one first? And everybody was like, let's do the happy one so I can. And then somebody's like, you know what? Just do the sad one first so we can end on a, on a positive note. Exactly. Like, All right. Let's, let's <laughs> do that. So um, sad but easy. Um, how do you deal with failure or, uh, you know, missing a goal or a deadline? I cry a lot and I eat ice cream. Um, right on. <laughs> No, like as someone who who hopefully one day, knock on wood, will, um, you know, be a professional novel writer, there's a lot of rejection. So, you know, you spend years usually working on a book and then you have, oh, 80 to 150 people go no, and then just like walk away from you. And it's very stressful. Mm -hmm. Um, And you put a lot of time into this thing that might not ever see the light of day as Two of mine have already not. And then you just have to just like, uh, ideally, don't let it out on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> right. I cry a lot. I eat mm-hmm. a lot of ice cream because ice cream is an international salve for hurt feelings. Yes. And don't let it out on Twitter. That's, that's all I got. Don't let it out really. on, on Twitter. Yeah. Don't let it out on Twitter. That is not the worst or least healthy answer I've ever heard. So no, that's fine. It helps having someone who is also in a creative field in my household with me that will definitely understand of just being like, well, they're just jerks and don't understand your genius, which is like not correct. But like you need that ego pump up every now and then. (laughs) Uh, Believe me, I've heard some amazing reasons for pitch rejections um, considering, you know, my wife is the fantasy and, and horror author now. Yeah. Um, but some of the rejections for her kids books ideas, I'm like, that would be a brilliant kids book. And they're like, that is too dark. You cannot write that for children. So, you know, kids love dark stuff. What are they talking about? That's what we keep saying. Kids and, are macabre and weird. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd pitch it to my kid, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'd totally read that. I'm like, I don't see, I don't understand what the publisher's problem is here. But, yeah, um, something, something, parents don't buy that sort of book. Something, something, um, we're really selling to the parents, not the kids. Something, something. Well, there are weird parents, too. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which is why, yeah, uh, my kids are turning out the way they are, and, and I, I turned out the way I was. So, um <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) 
Um, all right, flip side of the coin, right? When, when we talk about failure, we also have to talk about success. So do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? Um, I don't know if I celebrate as much as I should. You're not alone. Okay, cool. That That's like a weird thing to realize about yourself. Is that like when you do actually have a success, like I don't know if you're we're like um, taught not to toot our own horns or anything, but just yeah. like, yeah, I don't really do a whole lot where I'll just be like, oh, that's nice. And the same thing with my husband when he gets a really big placement in an ad, he'll just be like, oh, by the way, I got this. And it's like, OK, good for you. And then you just carry on. Yeah. 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 Um, Put a I case of champagne in the freezer is what I should do. Um, I there are, I have whole lists of ways people do this. Um, some of which are cry a lot and eat ice cream. I, <laughs> you know. It goes either way. Success, you can cry and eat ice cream. Failure, you can cry and eat ice cream. It's universal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't see anything wrong with eating ice cream for success and failure. <laughs> I mean, except that I'm diabetic, so I shouldn't eat ice cream in the first yeah, place. Please so, yeah, please don't. Or yeah. just be careful. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> I will say, I will say the goal is, again, once we actually can, to actually start traveling more of just like my yeah. husband's business has been fairly successful. And so once we got married, we were together for like a bajillion years before we actually got married. And we decided that we were going to start taking long, nice vacations, like mm -hmm. on our anniversary. And of course, this year, that just got kicked in the butt. So that oh, didn't God. happen. But that is the goal of celebrating a, a very good year of marriage and business and taking a vacation. That is like the most luxuriant thing I could imagine. Uh, yeah, um, we were I mean, we were supposed to go to Worldcon this year. Yeah. I mean, we generally go to Worldcon anyway, because, you know. Somebody can't help but keep getting nominated for things. Um, <laughs> Someone just does really good work. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's like, I don't know if we'll go to San Jose. I'm like, you were just nominated for the first ever YA award. You have to go. She's like, oh, no. I'm just like, oh, for God's sake, we're going. <laughs> just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, we were going to go to New Zealand because we've never been to New Zealand. Yeah. It's supposed right? to be gorgeous. So Oh, I'm I'm really jealous of my coworkers who live there. Um, not not right now because it's winter, but that's uh, true on a, on a general basis. Yeah. Um, so, what are your bucket list travel places? Oh golly, um, our our we've only we've this is we've only been married for three years, so we've only okay. got on two trips. Okay. Um, first was our honeymoon, <laughs> which was Paris and Rome, and Rome was just like to die for it was just so fantastic the food was i'm just, so jealous of that one we haven't been there yet okay just it, you just yeah. want to eat yourself stupid man rome is the place to go because just the food is just phenomenal paris i was like eh, whatever but i'm also a vegetarian so like french food and i don't really get along um and then last year we went to edinburgh and that was just oh Oh my God, there's a finite amount of beauty in the world and Scotland has like 95% of it. It is just the most gorgeous place I've ever been. Um, I, 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 I see your Edinburgh and I raise you Iceland. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I do want to go to Iceland. Yeah. Um, Again, the vegetarian thing 
is a little bit of an issue. My dad used to work with a company in Sweden and he was like, I mean, you can't ever go to Sweden because they have carrots and that's all you can eat. And I was just like, you're right. It's like breakfast cereal and that's all you get. So I'm a little worried about like the Nordic circle. <laughs> uh, uh, Finland and uh, at least Helsinki and Reykjavik seem to have a lot more options. Okay, cool. <laughs> because they're tourist centers. True. Very good point. Um, it's not just loot fisk as far as the eye can see. Right. Yeah. So so you should be okay with the, the bigger cities and things. Um, uh, <laughs> Berlin had all kinds of options. Um, yeah. The place I do kind of want to do a Berlin, Austria kind of thing because we're very musical people and it's just like, that would just be really cool. That would just uh, be pretty cool. Yeah. Ber Berlin was awesome. Um the place that you would have problems, the one place we've been where they, they literally asked us and, and it was like, you're not veget none of you are vegetarians, are you? Um, was Tibet. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. A lot of yak meat. <laughs> yeah, a lot of Southeast Asia, there's just shrimp in everything. And there's, yep. you know, yeah. And then also um, Argentina and Uruguay. They're just like, all they do is eat cow. And it's like, it, I don't think they've ever heard of a green vegetable. So that's probably scratched off the list as well, I would be unfortunately. So happy there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's supposed to be really, oh, yeah. really good. Oh, yeah. Where that's uh, South America, I think. South America and Antarctica are our last two continents to visit. Yeah. So. That yeah, I have a oh. I have a friend who lives in in Peru. He lives in Lima, and oh. I would love to go and visit him because oof, yeah. uh, Botswana is amazing if you ever get a chance to go there. Ooh, uh, it's just Ooh. absolutely gorgeous. And I am an animal nerd, like to the point where I like volunteered at the zoo and stuff like that. So that would oh, just yeah. be oh, that yeah. would just be life fulfilling for me. Yeah. So <laughs> we can we can talk all about that later when exactly when recording's done because I. I got stuff. Um, I think the important thing now is to talk about, um, tell me like about your podcast and where to find your stuff online. Sure. Uh, Fuckboys of Literature is also known as FBOL because a lot of podcatchers don't like the word fuckboy. Um, so if you're trying to find us, search for FBOL on podcatchers and you can find us on Twitter and all sorts of other stuff at Fuckboys of Lit. We are a comedy podcast about books. So we talk about the most toxic people in literature, always with a fun and a smile and usually a little bit drunk. Uh, you're speaking my language. It's a hoot. It's a hoot. I mean, sometimes you can't help but get a little bit serious when you're talking about like some really heavy stuff. But by and large, we are a comedy podcast about books. Uh, I mean, we hate watched cats because um, I mean, I didn't think everybody hate watched cats, uh, but I'm also a big fan of T.S. Eliot and have saw like cats off Broadway and the traveling show and, mm -hmm. read, you know, practical cats. And I love, love, love. And so, yeah, it rapidly went from a, I'm so excited to I am hate watching this. Yes, I, exactly. Yeah, I, I I just did recently did an episode on Phantom of the Opera where I uh, my guest was much more familiar with the stage play, so it kind of turned into a bash of Andrew Lloyd Webber, and I'm kind of sorry about that, but also not at all <laughs> because man, whatever drugs he was doing must have been real good because that was amazing. <laughs> oh, like 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 you couldn't tell what drugs he was doing from Starlight Express. It's true. <laughs> I mean. Do you ever just like dropping Starlight Express at people who you know don't know about it and just watching their face? 
Oh, it's it's yeah, no, that's that's one of the ones. Or um, dropping the the movie adaptation of Hair at somebody. Yeah, with Trey Williams, people don't mm-hmm. expect that one. <laughs> yeah, or uh, or actually the film adaptation of Jesus Christ Superstar, because no one expects the big tank anti-Vietnam anti-war in the middle of a Jesus musical. Yep, mm-hmm. starring Victor Garber. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a blast. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, uh, do you have like Twitter and things? Where can we, where else can we get yeah. you up to the moment? Yeah. You can follow uh, the podcast Twitter at fuckboys of lit. That's B O I S or fuckboys of lit.com. You will find all sorts of links to where we are available. And my personal Twitter is Ms. Emily Edwards. M I Z. Uh, actually just M S the, the traditional I overpronounced okay. that one <laughs> like the theater kid I was. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah. So this has just been a blast. Thank you so much for having me. This oh, was such a hoot. Absolutely. I wasn't expecting to have this much fun talking about my weirdest work habits. I, I, I try to make it interesting if, uh, you know, and I, I always have fun. I don't know why someone wouldn't have fun. <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much for for taking the time out to to talk to to me. Be here, and uh, I will extend the invitation to you. If you've got a a favorite book you you'd like to rip apart, let me know. We'll have you on. Oh, have we got have we got books? Um, (laughs) I I will certainly be taking you up on that offer. Cool. Yeah, be awesome. Um, And also, then for the people at home, we'll be right back after this. I had such a great time talking to Emily and I'm really looking forward to being on fuck boys of literature. And so, yeah, great. Um, thank you, Emily for uh, coming on the show. All right. This week's word isn't so much a word as a collection of letters. So the badge code for this week is F B O L that is fuck boys of literature. The, the initials thereof. And I hope you check out the podcast because it's a lot of fun, uh, especially things like, uh, oh, God, the Midsummer Night's Dream episode. Just, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and I, like I said, uh, I'll be on a future episode and I will be sure to share with you when that happens. Um, that's about it for this week. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I have a three-day weekend coming up. We've got a shut it down day, so I'm going to run some errands. And I think that's about all I have to do this weekend. Which is nice. Which is nice. Uh, so nice. And so we're going to leave it at that. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, please share it on the social medias. Tell your friends. Maybe don't tell your family if, you know, they aren't sick and tired of you telling about it. Um <laughs> 
you can, uh, you know, myriad ways of doing it. And there is a support page on the website. But as always, we would prefer you give the money to people who need it. Yes. Uh, food banks, bail funds, bail funds. Uh, people who are struggling right now with being evicted since the evicted moratoriums have gone. There's a lot of people who need help right now. And increasingly, all we've got is each other. So yes. a lot of people displaced by the fires. Um Angelus Crest Creamery in particular is, uh, they had a herd of goats. Their farm pasture was wiped out. They oh. are having to feed the entire herd basically on hay, which runs about 180 bucks a day. That's, so, yeah, it's not cheap. Yeah, they are afraid that they're going to have to slaughter the herd and uh, anything you can do to make their life easier. That's Angelus, as in Los Angeles. Crest Creamery, you can Google, they have... Uh, I'll put a, a link in the show notes. Yes, uh, you can, you know, throw them 20 bucks on, uh, through their <laughs> web store, basically, and... Uh, yeah. Hi, Shaw, nice of you to wake up and join us. Oh, all right, so we're going to have to go now, because uh, Cammy Tiny Orange, has started cleaning Shaw, and the cuteness makes my pancreas hurt. Yes. Uh, so... Keep hanging on out there, folks. We know it's rough. We know social media is hard to watch, so don't. Take a break. Turn it off. I know that's hard, too. Unless um, it's the only place you're getting, like, you know, interaction with people, in which case, like, I totally understand why you're there. Filter the ever-loving shit out of it. <laughs> yes. I, I've been doing a lot of that lately. So, and then, you know, do your best. Uh, if you don't have a kitten wallowing on your desk, then try. Yeah, that's that's really the biggest impediment to my productivity lately has been this cute little bugger right here. So if you don't have a kitten, stay productive. If or, you have a kitten, you're screwed. Yeah, you're you're really fucked. <laughs>